Unbound Theatre presents The Chronicles of Professor Chronomier, The Tudor Assassin. Written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson. Chapter 13 The Intruder The Great Hall was being readied for the performance. A raised stage had been assembled at one end, with long banqueting tables lined up perpendicular to the platform. At the rear of the hall, elevated above the others, was the Queen's table. The household staff were busy polishing, sweeping and dusting every surface in sight, whilst workmen made the final adjustments to the timbers of the stage. Shakespeare's troupe had set up in a modest room behind the stage, which was now filled with their vast array of costumes. Thomas was hastily unpacking a large chest containing the props needed for the performance. He fumbled with a variety of scrolls and daggers, scooped them up in his arms and turned to place them on a table, only for one of the knives to slip and clatter to the floor. He jumped to avoid it hitting his toes, and the rest of the props tumbled from his grasp. "'Idiot boy!' yelled Charles, another senior member of the acting troupe who was busy laying out his costume nearby. "'Sorry, sorry!' Thomas whimpered, collecting up the props. Robert saw him and knelt to help him with the task. Let him pick them up, Arlington, Charles grumbled. Serves the daft whelp right. Go back to dusting your codpiece, Ratcliffe, Robert warned. He finished placing the scrolls on the table, then stood with Thomas. No harm done. Now, run and check the carts empty, then come back for the final rehearsal. Yes, sir, Thomas replied quietly, and retreated from the room. No hope for that one, sneered Charles. <laughs> You said much the same about me when I joined. And I stand by it. Caution yourself, Ratcliffe, Robert smiled, placing a crown from the prop table on his head. That's the King of England you're talking to. It's you who ought to be careful. If our Royal Highness thinks you're enjoying the part too much, she'll have your head. The sound of tumbling crates thundered into the room. Both men looked up and Charles shook his head. No hope. Not a hope in the world. Thomas? Robert called. Is all well? There came no reply. Robert set the crown back on the table and left the room, following the noise. The Professor and Astrid had watched as the cart was unloaded at rear entrance to the Great Hall. The actors had been efficient in their work and in no time it was empty. From behind the trunk of a chestnut tree they watched as the youngest of the troop, no more than sixteen, left the hall and checked the cart, before signalling to the horseman that he was clear to move it away. No sign of the wraith, whispered Astrid. I haven't seen Shakespeare in a while either, muttered the professor in a low voice. If I can be of service, I should be delighted to attend you. They turned simultaneously. Sat beneath another tree some metres away sat William Shakespeare, his head tilted towards the midday sun. You're? the professor began, but lost the thread of her thought almost immediately. She blinked hard and began again. You're Shakespeare! I'm a Shakespeare, certainly, he said pleasantly, then turned to look at her. His brow raised and the gentle smile that had greeted them soon widened. Bless me, fair lady, how pleasant to lay eyes on you again. He got to his feet and walked slowly over to her. She took a step forward herself. Astrid sighed. Oh, not another one. Good morrow to thee, Master Shakespeare, the professor announced with a bow of her head. My name is at ease on your lips but my own are at a loss for yours. You what? Astrid frowned. 
I'm Professor Cronomier, Master Shakespeare. Call me Will. I will, Will. Are you blushing? Astrid said, peering to look at the professor's face. This is my friend, Astrid. Are you to attend tonight's festivities, dear ladies? asked Will. We certainly hope to be, yes. We were just watching your colleague setting up. She turned to indicate the makeshift stage door. The front of her coat caught the wind, revealing Marlowe's dagger tucked into her belt. Will's brow furrowed. That knife about your person. It's familiar. The professor watched as he realised where he had seen it before. I'm sorry, Will. I really am. Robert followed the sound of the disturbance along the passageway. He peered into the various rooms off to each side, but there was no sign of Thomas nor the upturned crates. He soon found himself at the exterior door. Looking out onto the spacious lawns lined with trees, he saw Will conversing with the woman of the court and her maid. The company's cart had gone, with no luggage left behind. Turning back inside, he called up the passageway. Thomas? Have you lost your way? A low, heavy scraping sounded from behind a nearby door. Opening it, he found a narrow staircase leading down to the cellar. It turned a corner out of sight, obscuring whatever lay below but for the flickering light of a lantern somewhere within. Thomas? Is that you? He placed a hand on the wall to steady himself, and descended the first few steep steps. Again came the sound of something scraping across the flagstones. He stopped just shy of the corner step and peered around to see who was making the noise. A long, low, rattling breath filled the air. Who goes there? Arlington, a voice rasped. Robert turned the corner, peering into the dark cellar. The firelight from the torch licked the walls and he could see a man stood some distance away down the long, cool chamber cluttered with toppled wooden boxes. Might I be of assistance? Yes, it replied. Assistance. A long, impossibly lean arm extended from the man's silhouette. At its end were a set of jagged talons, flexing in the torchlight. The Chronicles of Professor Chronomio, an Unbound Theatre production. The Tudor Assassin was written by Dario Knight. It was performed by Erica Sanderson, with music by Kevin MacLeod. <laughs>